Well, it's good to see everybody here this morning. Glad that uh, we could all uh, be able to be here to worship God and to uh, put Him first on a, on a day that belongs to Him. I'm thankful for our visitors. We have a few here today, and we're thankful for that. I know that um, the McGee's had a baby shower yesterday. I heard there was a good turnout for that. Glad that uh, the family's here with them, and, and glad that you're able to be with us this morning. Uh, it's, a, it's a great thing to bring, be able to uh, bring life into the world, and that's just one of those great things that God has given us uh, in the ability of, of humanity uh, to be able to procreate, and it's just a, it's a beautiful process, and it's a wonderful thing to be able to just uh, glory in uh, in a family, and to be able to to uh, nurture a child into the person that they need to be. And I know that all of us are sitting here today because we have parents, and because we uh, have been molded into what we are today. Uh, because of the people in our lives. And so uh, the McGee's have a, a good opportunity uh, to uh, rear a child in the Lord. And uh, we, we pray that that will go well for them and that we will be here to support them um, when when the time comes. You know, for the past uh, couple of weeks, uh, we've talked about some fundamental beliefs of Christianity. And, uh, you know, this, this is a series that uh, I've, I've been... Uh, calling an I Believe series. I believe in worship. I believe in the church. And today, you know, we are covering I Believe in Worship. Uh, we've discussed uh, God and the Bible and the church and holiness. Um, but today I want to talk about the thing that we are gathered here to do uh, this very morning. Now, uh, in, in recent months, uh, we have uh, preached uh, on and taught on the, the thought of uh, why we do not use instrumental music in worship. And that's not what we're covering today. We're covering worship. What, what worship is and, and what we need to be doing uh, for worship. So let's examine some, some challenges that go along with worship. Now, number one is this. Worship means to kiss toward God. It is reverence given to God. And so when we are here to worship, uh, it is given to the Lord. That is the whole purpose of worship, but there are a lot of challenges concerning worship today. You know, many believe that whatever one offers to God, whatever it is, as long as it is from a sincere heart, it is acceptable to God. But is that the case? No, it's, it's not the case. You know, we, we could go back and look at uh, several instances where where this had happened, but I believe one that I would put above all else would be Cain and Abel. You have two men, and they offer their sacrifices to the Lord. One does what is proper, one does what is not proper. We know that uh, later on we find out that Abel offered his sacrifice with faith. Now, we understand Romans ten seventeen. so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so he had to have been told that he needed to offer a sacrifice. He had to have been told that, and he, so he would have known what to do. He would have known what to offer. Abel, on the other hand, or Cain, on the other hand, did not do this. He then 
did what he thought was best. Did not think what what God was did, had prescribed was best. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. And because of this, what happened? God reprimanded him, and then in his anger, he killed his brother. Brethren, it does not matter what we want. It matters what God wants. And see, it's not about us. It's about him. There are a lot of people out there today that they want to have this unregulated worship. Just do whatever you want. Worship is, is, is fine. You know, you, you can do whatever you want. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I watched a, a video. Someone sent me a video of uh, uh, things that have happened in uh, various denominations. And there's this one uh, thing that happened. And the video showed this guy, and he was in a, in a, a band. And they were playing in this band and... You know, uh, one of the big things that uh, they they did in rock concerts when I was growing up, they tell all the all the guys to take their shirts off and just spin them in the air, you know. And so, of course, this is you know they're they're trying to be Christ-like, if you will. And so they don't tell them to take the shirts off. They say, "Go ahead and take your socks off." So everybody takes their shoes and socks off, and they're spinning these socks above their head, and it looks ludicrous. It looks just really really crazy and. And uh, then he starts singing a song that everybody would know, but he changes the lyrics to it. And I'm not kidding. I don't make this stuff up. They start singing right round. He said, you spin me right round, Jesus, right round. Like a record, Jesus, right round, round, round. I, I don't know at what point they thought this was a great idea. But it's just what they did. And there are several things where they've done things like this. Now, people want unregulated worship. And now I know that there are people out there that believe that worshiping with musical instruments is fine and whatnot. But that's not even what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is when we go to unregulated worship, we can lead ourselves to ridiculousness. I mean, that is what that is. And it was so ridiculous that, I'm going to mention this too, that a denominational website put it up laughing at this. You know, I'm not up here making fun of these people. Everybody thought that this was odd. So, when we are into unregulated worship, we're going to find ourselves in a ridiculous situation. You know, but if we are to consider unregulated worship, then how could we follow these passages? Think about this. If, if worship were unregulated, then how could one's worship be in vain? If we can do whatever we want, how is worship in vain? Well, it can't be in vain. But the scriptures are, are explicit here about it, right? Matthew 15, 8 and 9. This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as their doctrines the precepts of men. So, you know, there's no worshiping in vain if there's unregulated worship. But, of course, the scriptures speak otherwise. 
if unregulated worship is okay, if it is true, then there cannot be ignorant worship. But again, the scriptures speak against that. Acts chapter 17 and verse 23. Acts 17 and verse 23. It says, For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. What therefore ye worship in ignorance, this is set forth unto you. Or what about will worship? Colossians 2 and verse 23. Which things have done indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and severity to the body, but are not of any value against the indulgence of the flesh. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, we see this idea here. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. So everything that we do should be in accordance to God's will. Everything that we should do, we do it because the Lord has commanded it. Everything. Everything that we do. So, when we are thinking about our daily lives, we understand this, this practice. But what about when it comes to worship? Whatever we do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. I want to mention something with this. When we are singing, brethren, and we are worshiping God in song, part of that is to teach and admonish one another. That, that, it's, it's a command, but we do it, in essence, uh, to, to praise the Lord, but we're doing it also to teach and to admonish the people around us. I've got a question. If we are doing it to teach and admonish one another, if we can't hear each other, are we able to do that? No, I believe that when we're thinking about this idea of teaching and admonishing one another, that, you know, looking at Colossians 3.16 and also uh, Ephesians 5.19, well, what do we need to do? We need to sing out, brethren. And then we need, we need to sing out because not only are we teaching and admonishing one another, but guess what we're also doing? We're worshiping the Lord. We're singing praises to Him. And that's, that's the reason we're doing it. Now, which kind of leads me to my next point. Is there is a challenge of selfishness when it comes to worship? You know, worshipers may be more concerned about what they get than what they give. We, we had a once great man say, you remember this quote? It's not what your country can do for you, but what? But what you can do for your country. Oh yeah, that that should pump up any American. Now I, I want to I want to serve. You know maybe maybe I'm going to serve in the military. Maybe I'm going to be a politician. Maybe oh that's not quite service. But you know maybe you're going to do all these different things. But you know what? 
when it comes down to it, if everybody had that attitude of, what is it that I can do for my country? You know, it would probably be a much better place, right? Several people get pumped up about that. I, I, I think about that. That just really, really invigorates me as an American. But you know what, brethren? When it comes to worship, it's not about us. It's not about what I can get out of worship. It's about what I am putting into it. Because worship is not about me. Worship is not about you. It's about the Lord. I remember talking to a, a young man a long time ago, and and he uh, uh, he said that you know he was going to start. We had a balcony, and he was going to start sitting in the balcony. And uh, I, I have problems with that. But he he would sit in the balcony on and on Sunday nights and Wednesday night he would sit up there and he'd be there by himself. And well, we we discussed that. I said, "Well, why are you doing this? Why are you going up there? Not not that there's any problem with you doing it. I'm just kind of wondering, you know, why are you sitting by yourself? You know, something wrong?" And he says, "You know, I just want to get get out of worship whenever whatever I can." I said, "I'm sorry, brother, but." You don't get something out of worship. You give something to worship. Now I realize that when you give, you get. But you first have to give. You know, there's going to be some reciprocation here. But you have to give. You know, think about the, the the Lord and the Lord's church is mentioned as a marriage relationship, right? You know, the bride, you know, the bride of the bridegroom. Well, what about this? In a marriage, is it all about what you get out of the marriage? Brethren, you don't get unless you give. You know, I, I know that this has been mentioned before, but, you know, marriage, uh, you know, some people want to go, it's 50-50. Um, but if you're not willing to do 100%, 100% of the time, then you're not ready for marriage. Because it's not 50-50. Sometimes it's 60-40. Sometimes it's 70-30. You know, it's going to be different. And sometimes you're doing 100%. Brethren, it's not about us. Getting something out of worship is not the aim of worship. It's a byproduct of worship. Yes, if you pay attention to the sermon that I'm preaching right now, you will get something out of it. It might be a little something, but you'll get something. But if you don't listen, you're not going to get anything. Same thing with with praying, if we're up here and we're praying together, you're not listening to the prayer, you're not going to get anything out of it. But if you listen to the prayer, you can hear the care and concern for brethren, for the work, for the Lord. You know, you, you see this thing, and this has just grown throughout the years. And I remember whenever I was a, I was a child that the first time I saw a sign that would that said something like this, 
you know, offering contemporary and traditional services. You know, what, what do people do with that? You know, they're saying, well, look, you know, now, now that's everywhere, of course, you know, but, you know, what are they saying with that? Well, uh, in, the, in the early morning, I guess, we'll have, a, we'll have a, a traditional service for you old fogies. That's what it ends up being, right? Then everybody from the ages of 16 to, to 35, you come here and you can have this rock band and have a contemporary service. And we're going to speak more to you. Brethren, the Bible speaks to all of us. You know, if, if we do not see how it speaks to all of us, no matter what our age bracket is, then we are obtuse. We just don't get it. But people that offer these contemporary and traditional services, they, they do this out of a, out of a feeling of, of flexibility, right? They want to be flexible. They want to please everybody. Well, I've said this before, and I know this is a common phrase, but look, you try to please everybody, you're going to please nobody. I'm going to please the Lord with that. I know that for a fact. But another thing, brethren, here, is this really showing flexibility? No, it's not showing flexibility. It really shows inflexibility here. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do what God says. That's right. I'm not gonna do what He wants. I want to do what I want, and I'm gonna do what I can to please other people. There is a huge challenge of selfishness. Concerning worship. I'll, I'll mention this too before we go on. and I know I've mentioned this before, but this is something I think is needful. But brethren, how do we prepare for worship? Now, I, I, I tell you, I don't like it when the time jumps forward here. It's not very fun for me because I've got to preach and I've got to teach and I'm so nervous that my clocks aren't going to be right. And so I don't sleep well anyway. And so I, I just end up staying up half the night anyway because I can't go to sleep. But normally, what do you do? Whenever you are preparing for worship, do you stay up all night? Or do you try to get some rest so that you can pay attention? You know, what, what do you need to do? You know, when, when we are in worship, you know, are, are we going to... Uh, sit back and think about all the things that, that we could think about. You know, football season's over, so you can't think about football. I guess could, but it doesn't do you any good. But, you know, think about lunch. Hey, lunch? Am I, am I concerned about what I'm going to be eating afterwards? Am I concerned about the bills I need to pay? That is not the things that you need to be thinking about when you're in worship. And that detracts from your concentration. And so there are some challenges to selfishness and a wide range of things when it comes to worship. But there's also another challenge, brethren, something we've kind of skimmed over, and that is the challenge of entertainment. You know, worship really should be more than entertainment. It's more than going to the circus. It's more than going to a baseball game. It's more than watching TV. It's, it's more than that. Worship is so much more 
than entertainment. You know, there is a sacredness to worship that should not be offered on the altar of entertainment. I know today, I know the big thing today is, you know, let's get a preacher who's real dynamic. Let's get a preacher who's real dynamic, really animated. He gets up here, he just knocks our socks off every week, you know. That's what, I know that's not what y'all did. But <laughs> quit laughing at stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when you think about it, there's a lot of people that want that. They want the showmanship. They want all that, that kind of stuff. And, and, and they say, well, you know what? Uh, people are able to listen easier if, if you have someone like that, someone who's just really energetic. Brethren, if you love the Word of God, you are going to sit through the dry speaker and, and come out feeling great. You can sit through and you can listen to, to someone who knows the scriptures, is teaching the scriptures, but has no gestures, no dynamic at all. You know, and, and maybe they even stumble through it a little bit. But when they're teaching the word of God, you're going to get something from it if you want to. It's not entertainment. It's not about being entertained. It's about... Worshiping the Lord and doing what He asks of us. In Psalm 29 and verse 2 it says, Ascribe unto Jehovah the glory due unto His name. Worship Jehovah in holy array. The church, the gospel, worship, cannot be packaged and peddled like products out on the street. You know, we, we don't need to look at it like that. You know, we, we need to look at it as simply giving everything that we can to the Lord and praising Him. In Galatians 5, verse 11, it says, But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then hath the stumbling block of the cross been done away. You know what? There is an offense that cannot be removed, brethren. And that is when we try to make worship something that it's not. It sickens me to hear stories from other congregations and and preachers, and I, I, I had a preacher tell me one time, oh, you know what I do is I, the way I get people to, to invite their friends is I, I'll, uh, I'll have these people invite their friends and then I'll, I'll pick one person that invited their friend and I will give them and their friend a $15 gift card somewhere. And he kind of looked at, at me like, that. not that a great thing? And I just said, well, what happens when the gift cards run out? They're not doing it for, you know, they might do it partially for that, for serving the Lord, but that's not the, the reward, is it? The reward of serving the Lord is enough. We don't need to hand out gift cards. We don't need to, 
you know, put put a number under anybody's seat and, and give them a hundred bucks, you know, every Sunday. You know, it, we don't have to do these things because we're here to serve God. We're not here to serve people. You know, I, I'm not here to, to make myself look good. We are here to preach and to teach the Word of God. Last but not least, I want to mention this. This is a nature of true worship. The nature of true worship is this. John 4 and 24. For God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. When we are worshiping, we have to have three things. All right, three things. Remember this. Number one is this. We have to have the proper object. That's God. We have to, number two, have the proper standard. That's the, that's the truth. That's the word of God. Number three, we have to have the proper attitude. And that is where our spirit falls in. Brethren, you have to have those things. Three things. Proper object, the proper standard, and the proper attitude. That's what we see in John 4.24. God is a spirit object. If we're going to worship him, we've got to worship him what? In spirit, attitude. And in truth, that is the standard. I believe in worship. And when it comes, uh, when it becomes what God wants it to be, it will not be a battleground. It'll be holy ground. It will not be a source of division. It will be a source of unity. And it will not be a time of self-gratification, but a time of pleasing God. It will be worship. Have we worshipped this morning, brethren? I mean, have we truly worshipped individually? Did we follow these three things here? Did we worship God, the God of heaven in spirit and in truth? If you did not do that this morning, make a change today and do that from here on out. Maybe it is that there's someone here that has not yet responded to the gospel of Christ and we'd love to help you out with that. Maybe it is that you have already become a Christian but you've done something that you need to repent of. Maybe it is that you've done something publicly and you need to repent of that publicly. Maybe you just need some prayers. Whatever the case, if there's anybody that needs to respond to the invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing.